Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Harlow White Healing Stream, the official podcast of Pastor Harlow White and the Harlow White Ministries Outreach Church. We're so happy to have you follow and support this podcast. This podcast is to unveil the archive of the kingdom message that God the Father poured to Pastor Harlow White in the 1980s. We release a new message every Monday morning, and this archive of messages relates to you and our world today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing in your life. Over the course of the next three weeks, we're going to dive into how the spiritual gifts operate. This is a four-part series originally delivered in January and February of 1982. We're going to hear from Pastor Harlow White before we get into part one of how the spiritual gifts operate. Welcome to the Harlow White Healing Stream broadcast. I'm Pastor Harlow White. God ordained my life to be a prophet to people of every nation. God has given me a message that will bring salvation, joy, healing, and prosperity to your life. Powers of evil spirits and curses can be broken from your life as I minister this message today. This message is going to every nation on the earth from 72 satellites. Let faith rise up in your heart as I give you this message. Be healed. Be delivered. Be set free. As you feel God doing a miracle in you today, I want to hear from you. Visit my website, HarlowWhiteHealingStream.com. That's H-A-R-L-O. W-H-I-T-E, Harlow White Healing Stream.com. Give me your testimony of what God has done for you through the message I have delivered to you today. I want you to pray about making a donation on my donation page, or you can write to me. That's Pastor Harlow, H-A-R-L-O, White, W-H-I-T-E. Pastor Harlow White, Post Office Box 4695. Post Office Box 4695. Write that down. Chicago, Illinois, 60680. Get ready to receive what God has for you today. And now go with me into today's message. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are a special endowment which God gives to people who have received the Holy Spirit. Now let me explain here that the ordination of gifts to people's lives does not always necessarily depend upon the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The influence of a gift could be felt in a person's life before receiving the baptism, but the fullness of the manifestation of a gift of the Holy Spirit cannot be totally manifested in a person's life in its fullness without the baptism. First of all, the reason is because we must learn to captivate our physical bodies to the will of God and to the Spirit of God. Now, if you have never been able to captivate your unruly tongue to speaking the language of God, which is speaking in tongues, then it's very difficult for the Lord to totally take you over. The Bible declares that the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. Now, we have the denominational people who do not understand the speaking in tongues, and they 
would declare that they have spoken uh, with the tongue God wants them to speak with just by simply learning to praise the Lord out of their salvation experience. And that's what they call in the new translation of the Bible, tongues of ecstasy. Now, you know, uh, in the new Bibles, when you read about speaking in tongues, it says uh, in relation to the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and said, and suddenly there came from heaven the sound as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the house wherein they were sitting. And uh, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spake with tongues of ecstasy. Now that's what it says. But that's not what God said. Tongues of ecstasy can be saying, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord. But that's not God's language. That's not his language. You may be praising him in tongues of ecstasy, but still not speaking the mysteries of God in the spirit. So to speak the mysteries of God in the spirit, the tongue has to be captivated. Now following the captivation of your physical body to the Holy Spirit and your tongue, then God is able by the Holy Spirit that has taken you over to invest into your life the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are special endowments. Now, there are people today who say that there are no people in this day who have special endowments of gifts. Uh, some of those people prominently are the Church of Christ ministers. And uh, I'm not afraid to name these people that fight against the anointing of God and the manifestation of God's Spirit. Some preachers won't do it. And uh, it's not because I'm against the people. I'm not against the people at all. Some of them really love the Lord. They really do. Uh, and some of the Seventh-day Adventist people really love the Lord. And they want to please the Lord. And that's why they are so hung up on the seventh day. And uh, I would never speak against the people. But it is the deception of the doctrines that many of these honest people have uh, been fed and taught. And the Church of Christ ministers declare that the days of miracles are over. I've heard them myself offer $10,000 on the radio for anyone who can produce a miracle to them. Somebody said, well, why don't you go produce it and get to 10,000? They, uh, they would not believe it if they saw it. They would say it was hatched up. Anyone that doesn't want to believe God is not going to believe it if they see it. You've got to have a halfway open heart to God and a spirit that's ready to receive. And I heard them proclaiming that no one has special endowments of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not true. God still gives people the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are something that you do not deserve or that you do not earn. The gifts of the Holy Spirit can be received through faithfulness, through faith, through asking the Lord to allow you to be endowed with supernatural power. But the gifts are given to, God, uh, to people by God simply because of his grace and his ordination. Now, let's go on down here into verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now, that means there are different kinds of gifts, are different kinds of endowments of the Holy Spirit, but it's all by the Holy Spirit. 
and there are differences of administrations. Now, that word there does not mean the way that you administer the gift. It does not mean that. It says, and there are differences of administrations. Now, that word administration simply means offices. There are difference, differences of offices. Now, the reason the Lord said that is because all of us hold a particular office in God's kingdom. You don't have to have a door with what you are tacked on it to hold an office. Some people have to be a superintendent or a deacon or a teacher or an administrator that has been recognized by man. And you don't have to. The Lord has offices that people don't even know about. Hallelujah. And the Lord has ordained his people to those offices. And that when you are, are ordained of God to a particular office, then he has to endow you with a particular gift that is needed to fill that office. Now, in other words, if the Lord would call someone to a teaching office, well, what would be the gift or the gifts that would be required for that teaching office to really fill efficiently a teaching office. You need to have the gift of the word of wisdom and the gift of the word of knowledge to properly fill that office. Now remember, to fill the office of a teacher there really is not a gift of power required. Only a revelation gift is required for that. Now remember something. There are three categories of gifts. Revelation, power, and utterance. Revelation gifts enable you to think with God's mind and know what he knows. If you're going to properly teach, you have to know a little bit of what God knows. Some people know everything they know from a quarterly, from a Sunday school quarterly. Everything they know, it was hatched out in headquarters somewhere. It may not be God's wisdom at all. A few years ago, some of the heads of the church organizations got around the table and decided that it was a sin for people to wear rings. And they put it down in their bylaws. You can't wear rings. And the preachers that performed those wedding ceremonies in those days, they couldn't even have a ring in the wedding ceremony. So what the people would do, the preacher would perform the ceremony, and then the couple would go outside and put on their rings. Couldn't have the ring in the ceremony because it was, it was against headquarters. The same group of preachers and board members got together a few years later and said, well, said, uh, everybody's wearing the rings anyway, so let's strike this law from our uh, constitution and uh, we'll let them wear a ring. What used to be sin was no longer sin because man decided it. Someone said, was it sin? Never was sin. Never was sin. Man decided that. Hallelujah. And then when he decided it wasn't, well, it, then to him it wasn't. It doesn't mean it's God's wisdom because it was hatched out in headquarters. 
Amen. To be an effective teacher for God, you need to think the way he thinks. Hallelujah. Then we come along with people who are called uh, to uh, the field of evangelism. For instance, if you have the ministry of an evangelist, there are offices, remember, of evangelists, offices of teachers. To effectively fill the office of an evangelist, there's one gift that you definitely have to have, and that's the gift of faith. Hallelujah. Now, the reason you have to have the gift of faith, and I want to show you something. Not all pastors have to have that gift. Many pastors do not have the gift of faith at all because their confidence is in where the overseers and the superintendents place them where they can, you know, make their livelihood or their living. Now, when you're an evangelist, brother, you go into cities like I went into this one, <laughs> and you come here by faith. There is no guarantee except that God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. I've been a few places a few times and I, it looked like he had. <laughs> Hallelujah. Reminds me of the preacher flying on, on the airlines and uh, the plane got into some turbulent weather and he had never flown. He got real nervous. Sitting next to him was a nun. They had been talking and he had told her that he was a preacher. And uh, the plane was shaking real bad and the preacher was nervous and upset. And the nun said to him, said, uh, said, you shouldn't be afraid. Said, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always. And the preacher said, yeah, but he said, lo, I'm with you. <laughs> lo, I'm with you always. You go into these cities like this, honey, it looks like sometimes that <laughs> he's not there. But he is. He'll never leave you. You've got to have the gift of faith to be able to fulfill the ministry of the office of an evangelist. It's required because it takes faith to go into an area where you're, you know that you're going to be breaking ground and you're going to be plowing out new furrows for God's kingdom. Hallelujah. And to fill the gift, uh, uh, to fill the office of the apostle, this may be heavy for some of you, but to fill the gift of the apostle, it is required that all of the gifts are manifested in him because he is required to minister to all the other offices. Hallelujah. Now, we won't take time to deal with all of this today, but I just wanted to give you that particular summary. Now, someone said, but I may not be filling any of the five offices. There are five offices of ministry, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, five of them. And you may not be called to any of those offices, but there are other offices the Lord has called people to. They're not offices particularly of ministering in the uh, realm of leadership, but simply the realm of ministry. You don't have to be a leader per se, to fulfill an office. The Lord may have you in an office of ministering on a one-on-one -on -one basis to people that you meet. 
It's an office that God has placed you in. And according to what he has called you to, some of you, he has called you to go into sick rooms, into hospitals, into homes of people that are sick. Well, anyone knows if you're going to fill that office, you've got to have the gifts of healing. If you're going to effectively pray for the sick, you've got to have the gifts of healing working there. And the Lord wants you to be able to fulfill these offices. Now, let's go on. There are differences of offices, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations. That means there are differences of the way these gifts work, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation or the unveiling of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That means with every way the Lord is using a person by the Holy Spirit, it's given to him that manifestation to bring profit to the kingdom of God and to the person who is being ministered to. Now, before we go into the study of these gifts, I want to stop right here and explain to you that gifts of the Holy Spirit, special endowments of the Holy Spirit, are not just given to you to profit you individually. Now, they will work. They will work in your life uh, at any time. Uh, some people think the gifts of the Holy Spirit are only given to function when they come to church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to you to function outside of the church. Amen. Wherever you go, the gifts of the Holy Spirit should function in your life. And uh, if the gift of the Holy Spirit is functioning in your life, it'll keep you from getting yourself in a lot of jams. Amen. Because you're dealing with a lot of evil spirits just in business. Amen. Some of you are dealing with evil spirits on your job. That's why some of you can't progress. A lot of times people don't understand why they cannot progress on their job. It's because somewhere over you in a higher office uh, of the natural level, there is someone who has discerned by the evil spirit in them that you are a child of God and the devil does not want you to progress. And he'll fight against you and try to keep you at a level where you cannot be blessed properly. And that's why that sometimes there is tremendous friction on jobs with people that you there is no reason for it. There's no reason. And uh, except for the fact that the enemy is fighting against you. Well, the opposite power, which is God's power to that, is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the special endowment of the Holy Spirit that God has given to you to be able to discern that spirit and combat it and take authority over it. So it's up to you by the Holy Spirit to be able to discern that demon, that evil spirit that's working against you. And then by the authority of God, which is the gift of faith, is the gift that is used to cast out and bind evil spirits. The gift of faith. And by the authority of God, then you are required to take authority over that spirit. You'll never win the battle with your mouth. You can't win the battle with your mouth. You win the battle by the Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And you, you win the victory by the Spirit, the manifestation of the gift. You get ready to buy a home. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. Amen. Let him direct you in the buying of your automobiles and everything, every, every day of your life. Some of you can't get your money from the Social Security Department. I wouldn't tell you to put a lot of stock uh, confidence in the Social Security Department because it's waning away fast. But uh, some of you haven't been able to get money that you've paid in. Why? There are demons associated 
with government offices, evil spirits that do not want God's people to be blessed. Amen. Take authority over those spirits. I'm trying to tell you that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will work in every aspect of your life. But they are not primarily given to you to bless you. They're given to you to bless other people, to help others. Praise the Lord. All right. So now we want to go back to understanding that the gifts are given to us for the benefit of other people. There's a couple of things I want to explain in relation to the operation of the gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit do not work and function in us because of our worthiness or because of our dedication. The gifts of the Holy Spirit function in us because God has given them to us to bless and minister to other people. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Now, that word, without repentance, means in the Greek, irrevocable. That means they cannot be revoked. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. You can be lost and have a gift in your life. You can be thrown on the scrap pile of God with a gift in your life. Doesn't mean that you are saved eternally just because you have a gift. The Lord can give a gift to someone and let that gift function for years in that person's life. That is not what gives you power to overcome. The gift does not. The only thing that gives you power to overcome is the amount of the word of God that you have instilled into your own spirit. Hallelujah. And you become empowered by the word of God. And uh, the operation of the gift now, understand, the operation of the gift in your life will function when God gives you a gift, it will function in spite of your worthiness or your unworthiness. This is the thing that's caused a lot of problems around full gospel churches down through the years. Now, I had a lady said to me some time ago, said, uh, Brother White, what is it that causes so much confusion among the full gospel people? She said, I came out of a Lutheran church. Said, we never did have church problems like I've experienced among the full gospel people, the charismatics. And I said, the reason for that is because people in the denominational churches are not taught liberty. They're not taught liberty. They're taught bondage. So therefore, people who are in denominational churches, they come to church for one reason, out of bondage to religion. They're not free to express themselves. Amen. People in the full gospel ranks, they're taught to express themselves. Be free. Be free so everybody is. <laughs> take your liberty so everybody does. They get mad, they take their liberty. They get upset, they take their liberty to let you know it. And so with the manifestation of the gifts comes a lot of other things. You don't have jealousies manifested within the church in denominational churches that you have in full gospel churches. A lot of jealousies are in full gospel churches. The reason is because we are taught liberty. Well, 
when someone expresses their liberty in the Holy Spirit and begins to be used, then someone else who is not used becomes jealous of the one who is being used. And so they haven't taken their liberty for the gift to operate, so they take their liberty to operate jealousy. <laughs> and all of these things are manifested. This is what causes a lot of problems among the full gospel people. So what are we going to do? Are we going to stay in bondage? God forbid. We're not going to stay in bondage. We're going to learn how to control our emotions and still have liberty of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way to do it. Praise the Lord. You can have total liberty in the Holy Spirit and know how far to go with your emotions. Hallelujah. We've got to be taught to restrain our feelings. Amen. And to restrain what we feel within ourselves. Okay, so now the same thing happens in the manifestation of the gifts. Uh, we see people prophesying, and we see people be used in services, and uh, you'd be amazed at how many now full gospel churches who a few years ago uh, had the manifestation of the gifts freely and people were functioning, that nowadays they don't have the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They've taken it all out of the church, and they've modernized to be able to reach higher class people. Amen. The whole purpose of it is the same thing that the Bible has said. The love of money is the root of all evil. And many of these religious leaders are modernizing, not just out of concern over the souls of people, but to get the people who have money into their worship services so they can continue to build their own kingdoms. Man is building his own kingdom. And I mean, know that God did not call us to build our own kingdom. He called us to build his kingdom. And I contend, now this is why that I'm not popular with some of these people, because I blast this stuff. Amen. That's right. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to preach the power of God. I don't care if you're a doctor or an attorney or who you are. If you're going to go with my God and go the way he wants you're going to have to subject yourself to his power. I don't care if someone shouts and dances right in front of you and spins like a top. And someone, you know, speaks in tongues right down your, your collar. <laughs> uh, you're going to just have to learn to take it because we're going to have liberty. I mean, no, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, you have a lot of people who do not know how to govern themselves in the midst of liberty. Some churches will not let the gifts of the Holy Spirit function and operate. They will not have liberty because they're afraid of things getting out of hand. They're afraid of people taking too much liberty. Well, let's talk about that. With proper teaching and with someone in authority there who knows the mind of the Spirit, those things can be handled. I have never, I've contended for liberty for my entire ministry, throughout my entire ministry, and I've never had things get out of hand where the Holy Spirit could not control it. Amen. I've had a lot of people get in the flesh a few times. Someone said, what do you do? Just let them fizzle out. Praise the Lord. That's right. They'll fizzle out. Amen. It won't take long. And what causes people to fizzle out, they'll, you know, somebody gets in the flesh and they start manifesting something. It won't take long for them to realize the whole congregation is dying on their hands. They're killing everybody. 
So when they feel that, they'll fizzle out. And the Holy Spirit is able to take authority over those who would get in the flesh. I would never stop the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and liberty in our worship just because of someone or the risk of someone getting out of order or getting in the flesh. And someone said, well, what about the Bible said, let everything be done, let all things be done decently and in order. Well, some of these churches have definitely got the decency and the order. They just don't have the all things. <laughs> Hallelujah. They've got so much decency and order, there's no all things. Said when you come together, let all things be done. One hath the prophecy, one hath the tongue, one hath the revelation, one hath the psalm, one hath the hymn. Glory, let it all be done. Praise the Lord for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. Now, I started to tell you, the gifts do not function because of your worthiness. A gift function because, functions because the Lord has given it to you. Now remember, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a special endowment, is given to you to bless and to minister to the body of Christ and to other people. Now because of that, the gift forever remains a part of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that you are worthy or that you're living the life. There are many people who do not live the life. Well, let me categorize that. Some of them are not living the life that you want them to live. It's a little bit irrelevant at times as to whether or not they're living the life that you want them to live or that God wants them to live. Some of you need to learn how to put all of these things in the Lord's hands. Amen. I just quit worrying a long time ago. Praise the Lord. If somebody speaks in tongues and they got liquor on their breath. It's none of my business. Somebody said, well, how could they do that? What are you talking about? How could they do that? Someone said the Holy Spirit won't live there. Don't tell me that. There's Christians all over the world in foreign countries that think nothing of drinking wine with their dinners. Some were raised with it. And uh, many people here in America are so quick to judge other people. And you may not even know how much the person that you're judging loves God. They may love God more than the one that's doing the judging. Are you still here? Praise the Lord. Learn not to judge people. Hallelujah. And I just quit worrying about it. Hallelujah. And uh, live the life the Lord wants you to live. Man, do what he wants you to do. What he requires of you, someone else, they, it may not be required of them. Amen. See, someone said, well, how would the Lord require something of one person and not of another one? Because of the motive of your own heart. Because of the motive. There were two men that came to Jesus. They were both rich. One of them, he said, go and sell all you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. That was the rich young ruler. The other one was Joseph of Arimathea, the man who buried Jesus. The Bible said that he was very rich and he was a disciple of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, maybe it meant he was rich in spiritual things. No. Poor people didn't have tombs. 
That's right. Only the wealthy had tombs. That's why Lazarus had one. Some people don't know that Lazarus and Mary and Martha were wealthy people. They were Jesus' friends, too. Hallelujah. Some people associate, you know, money with, you know, everything that is, looks like prosperity with sin. That's wrong. God wants you to be blessed. Amen. Now, let me go back to this. So you see someone who is not living the life or you think they're not living the life, that doesn't mean that the gift cannot function. And what's more, let me tell you something else. You may not be living the life and God still use you. You may not be living the life that God wants you to live and he will still use you. How? Because the gift that was given to you, which is a special endowment of the Holy Spirit, was given to you to profit with all. So when there is a need present, the gift of the Holy Spirit that is in you, God has given to you and he will not take it away. Someone said, well, what about the man that uh, had the talent taken away from him? That was not a gift of the Holy Spirit. It was a talent of money. That's right. It was money. It wasn't a gift. It wasn't a gift of playing the organ or a talent to play the organ or the piano. It was taken away from him. It was money that was taken away from him because he didn't use it wisely. But the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. They cannot be revoked. So therefore, the Lord gives you the gift to function. Even if you're not living the life, even if you do not totally have the victory yourself, you may be down and out and discouraged yourself. And get into the presence of someone who is in need of an answer or a miracle or a touch from God and the Holy Spirit can touch that gift that is in you and cause that gift to function and minister to that need. And as soon as that is finished, you can go right back to the same old discouragement that you've been living in. Amen. That's the way it works, you see. Now, we have three categories of people in the church. Three. One is the category of people. Now, I see some of you getting ready to write. You may not want to write this. I don't know. There are three categories of people. One is the category of people that are too good for God to use them. They're too good. How can anyone get too good? In their own estimation, they spend all of their time making sure that everybody else is worthy. How can the Lord use someone that spends all of their time making sure everyone else is worthy? He can't use you. All of these people that are always watching everyone else, they never prophesy. They never get used. Hallelujah. Then there are those people who are not good enough for God to use them. They think they're not. They continue to believe they're not. They're not worthy. They're waiting for the day that they attain perfection so the Lord can use them. So they never get used. Then there are those who say, I know I'm not worthy. Use me anyway. Hallelujah. Those are the ones that get used. 
Praise the Lord. I know I'm not worthy. Lord, cover my imperfections. Let me be anointed. Let me be used of your Holy Spirit. Now, if I gave you this necktie, today we're friends. Well, at least I think we are. Today we're friends. I can give you this necktie. And you say, oh, thank you, Brother White. And I'll always remember you. You definitely will. If the day ever came that you decided that you did not care for me anymore, as long as you have this necktie hanging in your closet, I'll always be with you. This is a gift I gave to you. And every time you see it, now when you first saw it, you may say, bless Brother White. When you decide we're not friends anymore, you'll have to decide it. I won't. Amen. I won't decide it. But if you decide we're not friends anymore, you'll still remember me when you see that necktie. You may say something different. <laughs> you may say that cotton-picking Harlow White. <laughs> it used to be bless him. <laughs> now it's get him, Lord. <laughs> but I'll always be around, see, because of this gift. See, when the Lord gives you a gift, part of him is always there. And he can touch that gift and make it function and operate. The operation of the gifts, they work and function by the anointing of God upon that special endowment. The Lord can cause the gift to function without touching you. This is heavy. Let me prove it to you. A man of God came out of Judah to Bethel, cried against the altar. The Lord did what he said. There were two boys who were sons of an old prophet who lived in Bethel. They went home and told their father what had happened that day because the altar was broken in two and the ashes poured out on the ground. And the king stretched out his hand and said, seize that man and his hand withered. And he couldn't pull it back into him. And he went to the man of God, and the man of God prayed for him, and God healed the king. And the king said to the man of God, said, come home with me for dinner. The man of God said, I can't. He said, it was commanded me by God when he sent me here, do not eat bread or drink water in Bethel. Neither return back home by the way that you came. He said, I can't do it. Two boys were standing and heard the conversation. They went home and told their father, who was an old prophet. The old prophet said to his son, said, which way did the man of God go? They told him. He said, saddle the donkey. They saddled the donkey. He rode after the man of God the way that he had started to go back home. He overtook the man of God sitting under an oak tree. And... He said, the old prophet said, are you the man of God that came out of Judah to Bethel? He said, I am. He said, did the Lord tell you not to eat bread or drink water in Bethel? He said, he did. He said, I too am a prophet. And the angel of the Lord told me to come and get you and bring you back with me to my house. 
that you might eat bread and drink water. Period. New sentence. This is the way it's recorded. But he lied to him. The man of God went back with him. Sat down to the table. He ate bread. He drank. And while he was sitting at the table eating dinner, the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the old prophet. Heavy. The word of the Lord came through his mouth, the same mouth that lied. The Spirit of the Lord came through his mouth and the old prophet said, This is the word of the Lord. Because you obeyed not my voice. And what I commanded you and you returned. And you ate bread and drink water in this place. Your carcass will never reach the city of the sepulcher of your fathers. The man of God arose from the dinner table, got back on his donkey and started back home. On his journey, a lion met him in the way, pulled him from his donkey and killed him. And the man of God was carried by the same old prophet that lied to him and buried. He never reached the city of the sepulcher of his fathers. Same mouth that lied, prophesied. Powerful. Somebody said, it's confusing to me. It's confusing. It shouldn't be. Not when the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. It shouldn't be. Someone said, well, well how, how are we going to know? You're supposed to have the spirit within you. That if someone does yield to the enemy and says the wrong thing, you don't have to accept it. How many is hearing what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. See, it's up to you to have a relation with God. The man of God already knew what God told him. It was his fault that he was deceived. Amen. Someone said, but how did God use that man? Because of divine calling. Because of ordination. Because of office. Now what happens when people are used like this? People who do not live the life and yet they are used of God. Here's what happens. They may either influence people one way or the other. When they're out of under the anointing of the operation of that gift, they can tear down the very thing they build up when they're in the spirit. When they're in the spirit, they can prophesy, they can say things that God wants them to say and build up people for God's kingdom. Get out from under that anointing of the operation and if they themselves are not subjected to the Holy Spirit, they will destroy and tear down the very thing they built up. That's why Jesus said, pray, pray that your fruit may remain. What was he saying? Pray that you can keep yourself in the place 
where the good that you do for God's kingdom is not destroyed by you. The thing that happens when you do not live the life and yet you manifest a gift is you may be able to influence and help people that do not know you, but you can't help people who know you. Are you still there? Hallelujah. It's difficult. Now, you could help me because I don't look at your flesh. Hallelujah. That's right. It wouldn't make me any difference if I knew you was not living the life. If I recognized that God had anointed you and I knew when you were anointed, we're speaking under the anointing, I would receive it. I don't care how corrupt your flesh is. I just know that you're just flesh and God's anointing is coming through you. Praise the Lord. I'll eat the fish and spit out the bones. <laughs> Woo, glory. This is a part of the growing up stage in God. I don't expect babes in Christ to understand this. You see, I'm ministering today to people who are either grown or trying to grow up. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's why I'm giving this to you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit function. Now, let me explain something. You can come right out of a heated argument at home, and you know as well as I do, when you start to church or you get ready to go to church, sometimes just before you walk out the door, all hell breaks loose. Amen? Everything. Wow. And you can allow yourself to get in the wrong spirit. He may, the devil may begin to work through your family, may work through your automobile. You go out and you got a flat tire. The battery's dead. Uh, your husband tears loose on you and says, You go to church every night. Why don't you ever stay home? And if you're not careful, you can get in the wrong spirit. Get into an argument for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then when you get to church, you come in and the Spirit of the Lord begins to tinker around with the gift. <laughs> Woo, glory. I try to get you to function and the lying devil jumps up on your shoulder and says, you can't be used. You're not worthy. But you know what happened before you walked out the door? You know you got into the wrong spirit. You sit there and say, that's right, devil. This service, I can't be used. I got to use this one to pray through in. <laughs> Glory. You see, so consequently, what you failed to do was bless someone else that didn't even know about the argument. Amen. You failed to let the Lord anoint you and use you. You fought against it. Then there are those who have learned to overcome. Praise the Lord. If they come into service and something has happened, they've had a big blowout before church. They walk into the service. The gift of the Holy Spirit begins to move within them and God is moving with the anointing. And they say, I may not be worthy, but I feel the anointing and I'm going to let the Lord use me anyway. And Lord, forgive me for getting in the wrong spirit. Here goes. Yea, behold, I say unto thee. <laughs> oh, glory. I'm pastor and prophet of God, Harlow White, here today. I pray you were blessed with today's message. And now let's pray.
pray and believe God for a miracle. Heavenly Father, I bring every person that has listened to the message that you gave to me today. I pray for them, and I send the power of your word out to each one of these people. And you said that you sent your word and healed and delivered from all destruction. Heavenly Father, I send out the power of your anointing. Let the bondages of Satan be broken. Let the powers of evil spirits be broken asunder. Let every heart, soul, mind, spirit, and physical body be delivered from the powers of the enemy. Right now, bring victory into the life of every person, and I command the miracles to be done right now through the healing virtue of the healing stream of the divine virtue and the anointing of God. Let every person be blessed in their mind. Let every person be blessed mentally. Let every person be blessed spiritually. Let every person be blessed domestically. Let every person be blessed physically. Let every person be blessed financially. I speak the word of victory to them today, and I command a miracle to be done in their life. Praise God. Go ahead and praise God for your victory, because I feel a great anointing flowing right now. I want you to visit my website, Harlow White, that's H-A-R-L-O, Harlow White, W-H-I-T-E, HealingStream.com. Tell me if you were blessed by God's message today. Tell me what God did for you. And while you're there, visit my donation page and pray about giving a special offering to help me stay on this broadcast. I want to say thank you to everyone that will help me financially to stay on this radio broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I want you to tell your family and friends to listen. A new message will be on this broadcast every week. And don't forget, you can tune in to this broadcast anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And God bless you. And take your miracle and take your blessing today. I'll be looking forward to you tuning in next time. I send God's love to you today.